I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to What Load of Cobblers, the debrief, cheering the fight on Burton Albion 1, Northampton Town 3. I'm Tom Reed, and today I'm joined by Wallach regulars Martin Maloney and Brendan Walsh, local democracy reporter James Avril, and journalism students Aidan Boyer and Will Orrick. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Yes, very good. Very good today. Good Much stuff. I bet you've had that. a few beers last night, Martin, to, to, uh, to cheer the win. Well, not, not, too, not too many. We're getting up at half four for work, but yes, it was um, yes, a, a rather pleasant afternoon and evening. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go all the way through. <laughs> Three one wins don't come around too often at the moment. They don't. They don't. <laughs> Let's go to you, James. I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head that those sort of wins don't come around very often. It was just a lot more positive and a lot more of a cohesive performance, would you say? Yeah, well, it's nice to start talking positively about a game after the last few weeks. Yeah, it was an impressive performance, I thought. Um we all kind of said last week we wanted to see a, a few changes um, and it did look like Keith tweaked with the formation, even though he kept the three at the back. Um, but it was pleasing to see us on the front foot uh, playing decent football. There wasn't lots of aimless hoofs that we've seen in some of the other games that we've had. And yeah, it was a very well-organised performance. Um, lots of good individual performances, but a strong team performance as well. And uh, yeah, a very well-deserved win. Uh, and, and a much needed one against the team who you would suspect are going to be uh, in and around the bottom of, of the division. And it's important that we beat the teams down there in order for us to achieve what we need to this season. Yeah, exactly. I think me and you will be pretty happy because you were saying that you'd like to see Marshall start and for the Cobblers to push the envelope a little bit. And that happened. And I said I wanted to see Chuck Romika start. And both both started, both really put a shift in. And we we seem to, instead of just trying to nullify the opposition, which has been a bit of a catchword for Keith Cole, we um, actually sort of nullified the opposition by just, you know, getting in their faces and getting the ball up the pitch, which is, you know, very positive. Let's bring Martin in. Martin, yeah, you sort of talked about your early start this morning, but did it help you get through work a bit when Cobblers put in such a solid performance? Oh, definitely, definitely. There was, a, there was one, one very, one very happy Cobblers fan running, running the shift down, um, down at Milton Keynes this morning. So it was, yeah. Um, no, it wasn't just the victory because I mean we've had, we've had a couple of scratchy victories. Or, you know, you think about sort of Shrewsbury and that. It was the map, the manner of it. You know, we at being at it from the off. You know, the goal early, but not just the goal. It was, you know, a really positive. Um, performance in that we we went you know we went for the jugular 
straight straight away. And, and I don't think we've seen we've seen that too often this year. And you know, certainly Marshall starting, I think, made, made a big difference. It was like it was a bit like last season, really. It was almost like we sacrificed the defensive side of our wing backs and thought, right, let's let's go at you know, let's go go at a team. And, you know, that some of the tweaks to formation personnel made a difference. I know I really banged on that I think we should try not playing three at the back. But if we can play like that, then it, it shows that there's not, you know, there's more than one way to to improve things. And, yeah, chuffed to bits yesterday, really was. Yeah, yeah, I agree with, with most of that. I just think that we just seemed a little bit more comfortable on the ball yesterday, making mistakes. Um, I think Burton laid off us probably too much in hindsight for them, but, you know, sod Burton. But just felt that, yeah, just slightly more comfortable on the ball, Brendan. And do you reckon just we seem to find the passes properly yesterday, didn't we? Whereas before we'd been struggling for the killer passes. Yeah, I think uh, we, we mentioned it a little bit when we lost to Oxford City. And, and, and I think the, the starting position... Um, on the pitch and 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 just taking up the right positions from players was was non-existent and it was that was night and day compared to yesterday i think we got the balance of where to be um absolutely spot on i really liked the midfield too that we started with i think a lot of people had, had been you know fearing we might have seen the last of mcwilliams and he came in and showed exactly what we've been missing really in midfield and and i think a lot of the time you, you look at him Watson and Misselu and you think there's legs there they can all pass the ball they're much of a muchness but I still think that McWilliams in terms of box to box maybe he needs to finish a little bit his um his going forward and his final decision making but I think he's the best option we've got for energy in the midfield and um, I think he's got a little bit more composure than than Misselu um, and he showed it yesterday he was just a nuisance he was in the right place at the right time uh, mopping up a lot and Sowerby yeah. had the the final ball. Obviously, got an assist and and looked to 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 calm. Him. He made the right decision a lot of the time. So I think that midfield started us off. And then I mean, I was looking at it earlier this morning. So that's our, our fourth win of the season. All four of those games, we've been winning at half time, and we've scored relatively early in the first you know five ten minutes. And yesterday was really early, obviously. So yeah, it, we, when we start well and our confidence is up. We're, at least we're showing what we didn't last season all the time, which was, um, you know, seeing that out. And yeah. it just shows that if we can get our head up and, and get a foot in the game and start well, that there's, there's stuff on offer. Because after that, there wasn't a massive amount that Burton did to worry us, um, you know, no. of, of their own accord. So much, much better. I just think as long as we can get a good start in all the rest of our games, that then I'll be happy. I think that's that's key clearly to, to the way this team thinks about things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I just felt that McWilliams added that dynamism we've missed in the centre of midfield for the past few weeks, driving the, the team forwards, giving a bit of space to Sowerby to pick his little passes that he can do. And it just felt a lot more yeah, like cohesive through the middle, which I think we've struggled with. Um, Aidan, what would you say Keith Curl did right yesterday that perhaps he hadn't done in previous weeks with his selections and his tactics? Well, we saw obviously a few changes with uh, personnel, you know, players coming in. We've always talked about uh, McWilliams, who's a player I rave about a lot because he's sort of exactly the sort of player you want in that team. And, of course, we saw Chitwameka come in as well, who always brings that sort of dynamism and a different sort of approach up front. Um, yeah. I think one of the things um, we haven't talked about yet that actually was quite uh, good from Kel's point of view 
was a change of sort of tempting formation during the game. We saw sort of more of a four at the back approach as we go into the game, sort of Sheehan playing on the left hand side and uh, Harriman coming in to play on the right hand side really came on. And it's sort of that sort of change of, you know, we know what position we're in, you know, we're one goal up or two goal up and we're thinking, right, we need to sort of keep Burton on their toes. We can't just sort of play the same system for 90 minutes because eventually they'll work us out. And obviously, luckily that didn't happen because Burton were pretty poor. But from our point of view, you know, changing things around, but, you know, keeping us uh, fresh, keeping the other team guessing, that's what we need to do. And it clearly worked yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I just sort of, I just think that when cobblers, you know, get, you know, comfortable on the ball and we can have a little bit of possession, our, our, our confidence grows. And I just felt the confidence growing throughout the game. And maybe the early goal gave us that little spring in our step that we needed. But just felt that we scored at, at key times during the game and we managed the game very well as well, which perhaps we hadn't done in previous weeks. Um, Will, you do your radio show in the week you're obviously going to be reporting from you know much more happy perspective what was most pleasing for you about the win yesterday um i think you know in terms of the the way we played um you know the way we the way we the way we you know the, the way we set up straight away you know the way you look at the lineup come two o'clock we were so attacking you know the yeah. team just looked yeah. so attacking and when they got playing those first 30 35 minutes we were pressuring Burton and and that's what you need and, and like Aiden said there you know coming to the to the end of the game when you know he made those changes he, he tweaked that formation to keep him guessing it, it was perfect you see and, and having those two homegrown players it mean Caleb and Sean is always a positive for, for whatever football club um and yeah. again you know I think Sean Sean in midfield I think he's you know he's He's lively. He's got that energy, and he's got that maybe that extra bit of passion that the other players don't have. And and I think mm-hmm. as a whole, the whole team just they really gave it all. And and you could see, you know, the goal every time they celebrated, they just seemed a bit more happier. And I know it's saying that because they were winning and they haven't won much this season. But I think as a whole, you know, everyone chipped in and everyone played their part. And I think it was a really well-deserved three points. Sure. A lot of people were sort of scratching their head where the performance came from. And it sort of begs the question, why haven't we been playing like that in previous yeah. games? And why suddenly it's Keith Coles. Well, that's what he does. He he pulls something out of the bag when the pressure is on. I sort of knew we were going to win that game just because we'd won. We'd lost so uh, lost so many before. Pressure was on Carl. There's a few people saying Carlisle. And I just sort of knew in the back of my mind that he would pull something out of the bag and his players would for him. Um, I thought it was, a, it was a great day for Harry Smith, actually, because he's been taken quite a lot of stick for his performances and the best way to shut up your critics is to play well and score goals isn't it and you know if you're not playing well and scoring goals you're not going to be in the team for long anyway so Harry Smith is you know his future is all down to him isn't it and his application and his um his goal scoring but I did think that he benefited from just better deliveries to him yesterday and that let's go through the goals quickly um James, the first goal, uh, Keith Cole would love that. A great little uh, ball in from Sheehan. Hoskins flicks it on and then it's good anticipation, isn't James, from Smith to score. But, you know, both both Cole and Smith will be very pleased with that. Yeah, and it was it was an excellent start, wasn't it? I think what uh, Brendan said rings really true there. The fact that we do seem very much to be a confidence team where, if we you know, we start well, we go on and... and continue to do well and in other games where we've gone behind we've not really looked like coming back so to get that early start with that kind of goal was was very pleasing the the delivery from Alan 
Sheehan was a, a fantastic delivery. I, I think he's been a revelation since he's come in. I think he's yeah. exactly what we needed. Uh, almost that, uh, I know they were talking about it on the radio yesterday, a, a bit of a lazy comparison to Alan McCormack, but similar in terms of bringing that experience and, and know-how. And what a ball sure. in. And um, it was interesting to read Keith say that he doesn't think the deliveries have been that bad this year. What he's thought has been the problem is getting the first contact on the ball and we won two headers in 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 that with like you said with the with the flick on and then great instinct from from smith uh and that's just kind of exactly the kind of goal he needed to get him up and running i think uh one mm. to just kind of glance off him a bit of instinct didn't have too much time to think about it and just did what he does best and, and got his head on it so that was a really promising start and from that point on we looked very comfortable Sure. Any early goal like that just gives you such a great platform. And confidence-wise, if they'd have scored that first goal, we might have gone completely to bits, but it just conspired that we scored the goal. And I'm very pleased for for Smith. I'm not, you know, his greatest fan in terms of his total output for the football club, but his his movement was very good. His anticipation was very good. And he, he does just do very well in the air and he's, he's a good live threat with his header. So, Fair play to him to that for, uh, for that, and then he goes and bags the second goal as well, which I think is another goal that Keith Kerr will be really pleased about because first of all you've got people like Chuck Wamika and um, McWilliams, so basically Chuck Wamika nearly intercepts the ball, McWilliams puts a really crunching tackle in, then Salby gets onto it and produces a really nice, uh, well-weighted through ball for Smith to finish, and he finished it with a plum for a big guy actually. Um, Let's go to you, Brendan. What do you think to that second goal? It was a good team goal all round, wasn't it? Yeah, and it kind of it sums up really well the point I was making, you know, on on that midfield. Um, and Curl's only criticism of Chuck Wamika, and he said he mentioned it again after the game yesterday. He said it before, loves him as a player, but he's still young and he needs to learn about what to do without the ball. And I thought we, you know, Danny Rose was unlucky to miss out yesterday because he's played well and works really hard and puts a shift in. He defends really well, does Danny Rose. And Chuck Ramika got back yesterday, picked up more men that he wasn't doing before. Um, and, you know, him and Sean, both academy products, local lads, um, combining to kind of pressure, win possession, and then really quickly, you know, Sowerby, bit of quality, ball straight through and a nice finish. It just, it summed it all up, really. And I think... Um, there's so much about yesterday that we were doing our season um, or when we're good are, are the strengths of the team that haven't been working this season. So even going back to the first goal, again, Cole said it yesterday, we were quality from set pieces last year. We even scored similar set pieces to that in the, in the playoff final with the flick on and then another header. Um, you know, it's something we did well and we defended our set pieces well. We did both of those things well yesterday. The other thing we did well was uh, last season was... Um, turning possession over and because we commit bodies forward, countering and, and putting pressure on like that for the second goal. So it was, yeah. I think when a lot of people were saying, where where's it come from? It's it's always been there. It's just like, it it's annoying. It's, you know, Burton are not the best team, the bottom of the league now. Maybe it took a poor team or a good start from us to kind of remind us that we can do that. Or maybe they're just poor enough that we could play the same game that we did last season. Or maybe it just finally started to click because there's a lot, a lot of new players there, a lot of new faces getting used to the system. But that's that's what Curl's been trying to do for a long time. And it's worked in spits and spells. But yesterday it was consistent. It, we didn't have the majority of the ball, but when we did, we had no problem going long. We had no problem getting it down and playing it around. The difference is 
knowing when to play long and having a bit of quality in doing it. And we all know that Smith has been, um, what's the word, energetically wasteful this year. He's won a, a massive amount of headers. But um, <laughs> my mate Sean calls him there. Derrily triangle head because you never know where the ball's going to go off when it hits the, the, the Derrily triangle. Um, but you know, it it was yesterday. It was just a lot smarter. It was not every ball has to go into him, but when it does, let's make sure it's in the right areas and the right people around him. And Holmes and Chuck Wamika were, were always dotted around him, and you know everyone yeah. was alive to it. So yeah, that, that that and the first goal just really for me epitomised um, the whole performance and how much of if you can say a throwback to last season. Um, it was. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Um, a guy called Simon Jones on Twitter, one of our tweeters, at Sid Jones 31, made a good point. I thought he tweeted that Holmes makes Smith a better player, disgusts. And I think there is some truth to that because he provi- Holmes provides such clever support and his distribution is so good that I think having Holmes alongside Smith or near Smith just gives Smith that little bit of confidence and um, Martin, what do you reckon? Do you think there's some truth to that? That with someone like Smith, you need someone with the, the skills of Holmes to help him a little bit. Yeah, I, I think the comp, the combination. We've talked, haven't we, before about we don't we don't really have to, you know while you can't expect to play the same players sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It felt like we've never really got to a sort of favoured front line. Yeah, and I think I think Gary Mills made the point as well. It's so not going to claim it as my own, but the um. The movement and the quality of Chuck Wameka, because I think some some of his movement and his battling was fantastic, along with with Holmes's kind of positional sense and occasional brilliantness. I think it it just it seemed to move it, it moved the defenders around. I think the second goal was was you know that there was a lot of that in there. If you keep defenders moving about and they're not sure who's where, it opens up opportunities now. And I think that then gives Smith the freedom to be playing right up on the centre halves. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's had some, you know, some great halves, at least, if not great games. I think the first half against Hull, where he just destroyed them <clears throat> in the air until kind of Honeyman's kind of constant whinging seemed to get the ref on, on his side against him. But I thought, you know, that that kind of movement, I think it just makes your target man then a better player. I mean, I've gone on, you know, every time we talked about something, I always think, you know, Vidane Oliver is the player I miss. I miss more than any other from last season. And Smith has struggled to to fill those shoes. I think yesterday, with the way we were set up and how good he looked, I feel a lot more confident. Actually, it's always looked like as a player there with ability. You know, we paid money for him. We paid money for him for a reason because he scored a decent few goals at, at Macclesfield. It started to look like well actually if we set up right around him then you know maybe there's a lot more to, a lot more to come but yeah I, I think Holmes Holmes's addition to the side the side I mean we've talked about Williams and we, we all love seeing Williams in the side but I think Holmes playing playing in that that 10 role along with Chuck Mika, who's who's very happy to move into unconventional areas I think for a yeah for young yeah. forward I think that brought the best out in Smith and the best out in us I think we were we were a really hard side to play against yesterday. And I think that won't just be against, you know, sides that we would expect or hope to be if we hope to stay in this division. I think, you know, I'd like to see more of that and against better sides. I think yeah. that, uh, that's a really good point that Chuck Wamika, his willingness to drift right wide and obviously his, his close control, his ability on the ball um, showed mm-hmm. yesterday. 
But that meant I, I hate it when you get a big man or a target man and they drift into those one and four channels and they go wide. But Chuck Wamika doing that and he was great at it yesterday allowed Smith to exactly what like you said, Martin, just stay in the middle and 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 do that. Um, and he didn't have to to do any of the the hard work which he maybe struggled to do this season because he had Chuck Wamika and and uh, Holmes doing it for him. Um, but you know, for Dane Oliver didn't really kick on and become the 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 dominant aerial threat until about this point in the season anyway. So maybe it's just going to take Smith a bit of time um, I was there, to use that role. I definitely thought about that because when I thought about Burton, it was like, well, I remember pl- you know playing there in the cup. Generally, and I think yeah. that was the third that was the third round of the cup. And I remember the first game where Oliver really looked like anything was um what was the name of that little place in the West Coast? Chippen- Chippenham. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that was where he got his first couple of goals and he'd really not looked like up to much mm. prior to that, but then he just didn't stop after that. You know, he, he was he was dom- he, he sort of built into this kind of dominant player, and you know, he, one swallow doesn't make a summer. You know, there's been more bad than good, if we're honest, from Smith um, over his cobbler's career. But this could be a start. You know, if we put if he puts a couple of performances in like that back to back, it's only going to gain in his confidence. And I don't know if anyone saw what he tweeted after the game. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, brilliant. Fair play. He did a top goal scorer now in the league. Yes. But yeah. I, I, I mean, fair play to He's clearly classy because he didn't tag the person in it. He cut their name out of it. But yeah, the person who, who said he, he's put his mortgage that he won't score two goals this season, that must have been sweet revenge to retweet yeah. that. <laughs> That's a good point. I think um, let's also give some credit um, for their performance and providing assists and stuff like that with, uh, for Marshall, who I thought had a very good game. And he contributed to the third goal with some really good technique. He took the player on, beat him all ends up and just delivered a really good deep cross for Chris Lyons to volley home. Let's bring you in, Aidan. I thought it was quite apt that on a day when Cobblers played some good football that, you know, the technician of a player, Chris Lyons, scored. It was a nice moment for him and for Marshall. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, these are the sort of players that you know, haven't been given a, too much of a chance this season. You know, they've maybe made some appearances off the bench, but it's clear that the hunger is there to get some starts under their belt. You know, these are players that have the experience in in the football league. You know, so much experience, especially Chris Lyons. You know, in League One, especially, and it just shows. You know, when they are determined, when they've got you know good players around them and confidence around them they will play the best football. And we've seen it from Marshall this season in general. Against uh, Shrewsbury, he had a, a great game when he started on the wing. Uh, against Southampton, he uh, scored a great goal and, you know, showing his experience and his, and his pace and his skill. And we saw exactly that yesterday. You know, that's exactly what you want. You need a mix of the, uh, the experience of them sort of players like Marshall and Lines to provide that and uh, sort of bring the younger players like Mark Williams and Chip Maker, uh yeah. into the game. And it was a lovely balance of... of that uh, the, the experience and the uh, young sort of uh, pedigree and hunger from Jermaker uh, and McWilliams. But yeah, like you said, the players deserve the opportunities and they've been given them now and um, it's starting to pay off and hopefully it will continue. Yeah, that's that's true. I just I just think Marsh is a, a, very, a very good footballer and I just want to see very good footballers playing for Cobblers. Mm. We've talked about the nullification aspect and Keith Cole trying to work out how to stop the other team from playing, but just get people like Marshall on the ball. Let them do their, their thing. And, you know, if we lose fair and square because there's better teams than us, well, you know, we'll have to we'll cope with that. But let's see people like Marshall uh, in the team a bit more often. Chuck Wamika, who, for me, Chuck Wamika, we're going to struggle to keep, I think. I, when I read the articles about 
Aston Villa and Club Bruges been interested in him. I was a bit like, well, that sounds a bit slightly far-fetched. But now I'm looking at Chuck Wabeek and I think he's got all the attributes to play at a high level. Um, are you a fan of um, Marshall, Will? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think, you know, every time these good teams come to the, the PTS, we look at players and we just think, oh, gosh, they always have that good pacey winger and they always yeah. skin our fullbacks. And we have that in Mark Marshall. And, and when he doesn't play... It, I always get frustrated because I think he's a really good player and there is times where he did make some mistakes but to be honest we've made so many mistakes this season that you don't really notice it in him but I think you know when you like in games like you know when we've got nothing going for us I think Burton he was good because everyone was good but when there's games where we loot like Accrington where we were a bit poor and nothing really was going on that's where you need that Mark Marshall like magic to come on and, and attack the defence because sometimes we're so static and we just kick the ball up and hope that Harry Smith wins it but yeah. I think, you know, if you let Mark Marshall get on the ball, let him do his thing. He's, he's got the ability, you know, he's, he's got all these games in, you know, the League One, League Two Championship for a reason because he's been good. And, and I think, yeah. you know, we have to utilise him more. And, and okay, maybe he doesn't fit the system that he's played in, year, you know, in previous teams. But I do think, you know, we've seen it, you know, in the third goal, you know, great desire to get down that wing, you know, and put mm. a fantastic ball in. So if we use him to his strength and his ability, you know, we will get a player who will get, you know, seven, eight, nine assists this season. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, Marshall, that third goal epitomised it because it was getting on towards you know, quite well into the game. But he he just seemed to have, he was full of energy and he t- just beat that defender all ends up just, just through sheer skill. Really good ball in for lines. And, you know, if, if, if you said to me that he was man of the match, I couldn't really argue. Um, I, I went for um, Holmes personally, but I just think Holmes is different gravy. You know, he's playing within himself, but still the best player on the pitch. Um, I reckon... There's a case to be said for us actually doing better on that pitch at Burton than the one at Sixfield, because that pitch at Burton was absolutely immaculate and it rolled beautifully. And I just think it gave our more technical players, you know, the freedom to play a little bit. Where at Sixfield, where it cuts up, really not sure about it. And I read this, um, I read a statement from James White in this week about, you know, why the team are playing on the pitch, training on the pitch and stuff. And I just think we've got, we've got to get the right facilities to push the, the club on, and the, we can play football. We don't need to be playing hoofball particularly and we don't need to be playing on a pitch that cuts up. So hopefully the club can get that sorted out. And, you know, no one really wants to, don't speak for all of us here, but I just don't think no one really wants to be seeing, you know, hoofball on a, a pitch that cuts up a six. So we can do a little bit better than that. Um, let's move on to Keith Cole. I'm going to you, James, on this one. Keith Cole's been under a lot of pressure, really. really. And we know what football's like. Lose a few games, maybe four or five or whatever, and you're, you're, in, you're in trouble. That's just the way football is. Do you think that, Keith Kerr has earned a little bit of leeway with that win now and people just, just leave, leave off him? Well, I think he had the leeway anyway in terms of getting us promoted last year. Keith has always been yeah. very hot and cold with us. And I alluded to the fact mm. last week that myself and possibly a lot a lot of other fans, we still don't quite know where we stand with him. So I don't think it's a surprise really that views on him uh, are very much dependent on the results. Um, and obviously the results coupled with the style of play that we tend to play under him uh when it goes bad it's very similar to kind of the 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 end of the atkins era you know the end of uh booth roid etc the the managers we tended to be a bit more physical and direct under when you start losing games playing that style it's not a recipe for it's not a recipe for a happy fan um i said last week you know it's it's far too early to be talking about uh you know sacking him um we're not you know realistically this season the only time when you would be looking at 
at sacking a manager given the current circumstances is if you're adrift um so i think you know we're gonna have to learn to put up i think with with the frustrating performances um but he yeah he's definitely earned the leeway but we said last week we wanted to see him try something different Uh, most of us probably you know wanted four at the back but he kept the three but he did make it different um and fair play to him he tried something different and it paid off and I, I made the comparison last week with, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, and you've kind of alluded to it as well. He, he always gets a result just when the natives are starting to get restless. He gets yeah. a result. And, um, yeah. but you know, we've got Rochdale Tuesday. Now that's another game. We, we need to be looking at winning, uh, if, you know, if mm. we want to achieve something in this division. So you just hope that he can kind of get the same response for Tuesday and we get another positive result. Because if we lose to Rochdale, the pressure then goes back on him naturally among, amongst a lot of the fans. But um, yeah. certainly, you know, with you look at where we were when he took over and you look where we are now, we're pretty much a whole division higher. Uh, he, he's definitely earned a le- some leeway for when things do get tough. <laughs> yeah, I think part of the problem with Cow is he just doesn't draw any games. So I was looking at the stats and I think it's um, he either wins or loses. So it's black, it's pretty black and white. So there's probably more defeats than there should be. I think it's, um, I looked at the stats, I think it's four, only four draws in the past 20, 30 games or four, four in the past 20 or six in 30 or something like that. So there's very few draws. So we either win or we lose. And then when we lose, people get on his back. So I think maybe if he could scrape a few more draws and just try and turn a few more defeats into draws, he might have a little bit Less pressure on him. Um, I'm going to read out a tweet from a guy called Dave Harding, Welsh cobbler. I'll go to you on this, uh, Brendan. Um, he says, uh, I don't think we can get carried away from one good performance against the league's worst side. It was positive, yes, but let's not act like we've turned a corner. Marshall was great too, but I think Adams has to be in the best 11, maybe when we play him where Ricky plays if he's injured. Um, do you think cobblers were good or Burton were just terrible and does it really matter, Brendan? Yeah, I, I mean... This is the stuff I think that no one really discussed before social media. <laughs> it's, it, it's, yeah. We've got yeah. to go over it. It's, at the end of the day, you can only play what's put in front of you. Um, and how many times do we see you know, bottom teams and they go get results? We, I, I shared it on the, the Shoe Army account, um, that, that table of where your results stack up in, in the rest of the league. So three of our wins have come against 21st, 22nd and 24th or whatever it is. And then Swindon as well we've beaten two draws just above that and then all the losses are in the top 10 so if you know you can say oh you've only beaten Burton but you still need to put the points on the board it's still a banana skin you know we went away to Bristol Rovers who were in and amongst it down with us we went down to 10 men and and, and lost it so we we dispatched of them if it wasn't for a really stupid clearance of Mitchell and I have no idea what Horsfall was doing but we've mentioned it on this show before like the way we just literally throw penalties about away it's just ridiculous but if it wasn't for that, it would have been another clean sheet. So, you know, a 3-0 win away from home, it doesn't matter who that's against. Peterborough would take it. We will take it. That's, that's, you play what's put in front of you. What's pleased me more was the manner of it. It wasn't like Swindon, where I think we all knew we, we weathered a storm, defended well, but weathered a storm, or Wigan as well, where we let them come back into the game and squeaky bum time, really, other than throwing that penalty away. And, and when they hit the post off a good delivery, it was... There was not much there and, and we we could have had some more chances. So I think it's a little bit unfair. Um, 
you know, we all said as well, and we've mentioned it a few times, we lost to, to Portsmouth 4-0 at the end of, of October. And at that point, we played Portsmouth and Charlton, uh, Plymouth, Peterborough, Hull, um, you know, teams right at the other end of the table. And we said the next five games in the league will make or break curl. Um, Wigan, MK, Atkinson, Burton and Rochdale. And you look at that, there was a 1-0 loss away at, um, or home to Atkinson, which was bad, but it was 1-0. As a team and played for three weeks because of COVID. Um, and then you look at the others, a draw at home to MK, okay, a win at Wigan, win yesterday. We get a win or even a point on Tuesday. And that's, what, nine nine or 11 points from, from those games where we said it was make or break. And again, we've said the goal at the end of the day is to finish 20th because, you know, with everything that's gone on in the world this year, let alone just football, mm. we'd be overachieving to be there. We're not, we're not a club that you know, I think should be aiming for any higher, really. You know, we, we, if we finished 16th, if the if the league ended now and we finished 16th, which is where we're sat with some games in hand, I'd be over the moon. And we've that's something we've not done in the last 10, 15 years that I've been following Cobbers, where we've, you know, we've, we just about stayed up a couple of years ago under Edinburgh and then we didn't build. So if we can stay up again this year, then we have another shot to do one better next year and build. And that's the only goal at the end of the day beat these teams around us, start to pick up some some points, um, uh, you know, mid-table or even nicking a win higher up than that and um, and build. And and so, you know, I, I would take three ones against Burton all, all day long, um, especially if it was in the manner as it was yesterday. Watchdale on Tuesday now becomes the big focus. There's a couple of really tough games after that. I think home games as well, where we don't score as freely um, some somehow. Uh, I think it's Doncaster and Fleetwood and then there's Crewe. Um, so they're all in, the, in in and around the middle to high ends. Whatever points we can take there, we need to get the points against Belton and Rochdale. Rochdale away, I, again, I looked at this morning, we haven't won there since 2000. So tough place to go. They haven't won in four games. They'll want it. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be looking at us, licking their lips, thinking that it's, it's points the same way we're looking at Rochdale. So bring it on. Yeah. I'd, ha- I'd happily have another 3-1. I quite, I quite like though that Cobblers fans' standards are, are are beginning to raise and have raised in the past few years. You know, but back in the day, I reckon we would have thought, you know, just 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 staying up is all right for Northampton Town. But I think these days, and I'm I'm, I'm quite glad that you know, Cobblers fans are trying to look look slightly higher and with higher standards. Obviously, it puts a little bit of pressure on, and maybe some of it is fairly unrealistic. But I quite like that Cobblers fans aren't just going to sit there and take a crap performance and take just whatever crap served up. I quite like those fans, especially the younger generation. They're actually saying, well, this could actually might be done better. Yeah. Can, you know, I quite like that about it. I think we Cobblers really- fans for a long time were just sort of basically doormats that just took whatever had come their way. And I just think it, it, it's good, obviously, if it's realistic. Um, let's, yeah. go to, let's, go to, um, let's go to Will talking about a young fan. Um, are you a, a Cal fan or are you still sort of on the fence about it? Um, I think it's it's really hard because, like you said, it, as a young fan, you know, growing up with Cobblers have always been like that kind of yo-yo team, like yeah. And when this season, it's it's so true. Like you, you know, if we go lose, if we lose on Tuesday, you know, people will want Keith Curl out. That's the way it is, and that's 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 how, that's how Cobblers fans are. But if we go win, you know, we're in, you know, we'll be in nearly pro- approaching the top ten, and everyone will be loving Keith Curl. But I think, you know, I I don't mind Keith Curl. I think. The, the Route 1 football at first was a bit, you know, awful. But when we started playing it well, then it worked. But when it when I think the worst thing which 
I'm speaking for all Cobblers fans, is when we have nothing going for us and they just think, well, let's just let's just hit it up there and hope. Or let's hit it to Sam Hoskins, who's, what, five mm-hmm. foot seven, five foot six, whatever he is. You know, that's that's what angers Cobblers fans. But again, you know, I, I guess I haven't been, you know, I'm not old enough to kind of see what we were like 20, 30, 40 years ago. But growing up, you know, these last few years especially, you know, I think you've Carl he's good enough to keep us up. You know, I don't think we're going to be a team high flying. I don't think we're going to be, you know, that top seven team. But, you know, if we if we do finish 16th, 15th, you know, that's I think that's a good position because then, you know, we, we look in next season and we try and build because may, people, might have, people might not have wanted to come to the Cobblers because they might think, oh, they're just going to go down to League Two. If we can prove that we can maintain a, as a League One football club, players might be interested to join us and, and then Keith Cullen might get the players... He wants and might get a few more players here and there, and then you know who goes. But no, I don't mind Keith Carr. I think he's, I think he's doing all right. Um, you know, I think what he's got available, um, and I think you know if we, if we had just a couple more players in in certain positions, I think would be perfect. Sure, it's just a case now of whether we can replicate that sort of performance. As um, Dave, the Welsh cobbler, said, you know, once sorry it doesn't make a summer, does it? So we just need to just see if we can replicate it. And I just felt the foot it just all sort of clicked together quite nicely like we were coherent in our play yesterday whereas previously i've been watching them thinking whoa this is there's no there's no more reason to the game especially against um you know oxford city we were we were dreadful so it makes me think we can play that way but we just need to be playing with that way more consistent you know on on a weekly basis keep the ball better um our possession wasn't great yesterday but we we were a bit more comfortable on the ball and the passes seemed to be hitting the right spot so Let's see if Keith Cole can keep it going. You know, everyone, everyone's backing him. I don't think anyone has particularly disliked Keith. I've talked to before about the fact that he, he's really passionate about the game, and we saw that in the end stages where he was, you know, effing and jeffing, and you could hear it on the, you know, on the microphone and stuff. But yeah, no, everyone's got his corner. It's just we just need to see a bit more, you know, a bit, bit better football. Let's just let's just call it that. Um, Mark Robinson on Twitter, uh, he tweeted to say that uh, it was a big tackle from McWilliams, which led to our second goal. He made three or four of those tackles yesterday in important areas for the pitch, man of the match for me. So that was a good point. Um, Adam Barbie said, uh, McWilliams, when he's fit, he's an automatic starter in the middle of the park for me. Really is an unbelievable talent. If he hadn't got all the injuries, I'm certain he'd be playing in the championship already, which is, you know, fair enough and really nice to see. Local labs think he's from Kings Heath, doing so well for the club, and he he, just, he plays for the shirt. That guy, I really believe that, and we need players like that. Um, Simply Freds on Twitter said, uh, "Dare I say it? But for one of the few times during Cole's reign, there was a semblance of decent football out there today. Very good performance." And James Seals said, "An all-round good collective performance from the team. I could single individual players out for praise, but as a whole, we did the job well today." So that sort of sums up a team performance i'll go to you james have you can you pick a man of the match from yesterday i'll go around the group and who sort of stood out for you it might not even be the most obvious man of the match but someone that impressed you yesterday uh i would agree with for me it was between marshall i think you've got to have smith up there for for the contribution he had and uh I really enjoyed Chuck Wemaker's performance. I think he yeah. he offers so much flair up there. I think, um, yeah. and and the the ball did stick with him as well. Uh, I think there's a tendency to think with a big guy, and we, we we're victims of this with Smith, and we did it with Bayo a lot. That just because they're big, you lump the ball up to them. Actually, they all all three of them, Smith, um, Bayo, and Chuck Wemaker had really good touch and and enjoy yeah. getting the ball into their feet. 
Um, so I think Chuck will make, bearing in mind it was his first league start, that was a very impressive performance. I think I would probably give it to Smith, though. I think you got when, when you've got a, when you score two goals um, mm. and his, his link-up play um, was, was excellent. Um, so I, sure. I think you've got to give it to Smith yesterday. But as everyone said, it, it, no one put in a bad performance. It was, it was a really good team performance. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely Smith. When you like, you say you scored two goals. You, no one can really argue. You, you sort of uh, only one goal off taking the match ball home. So that was good, very good for him. Um, Chuck Wamiko, I think one of the great benefits of him is he's come through the youth system, and the youth system play good football, and they keep the ball well, and they a lot of them have really good touches. And he just seems to me he wants the ball. He'll collect the ball, and you, you know he's not going to shin it somewhere. He'll collect it. He'll keep it, and he'll use it well. And although he didn't score anything, he's just his all round application. He's very good, and as I said, um, yeah, I think we'll struggle to keep him, but we'll see on that one. Um, Aidan, let's bring you in. Who impressed for you yesterday? Uh, I think I have to go with uh, Sean McWilliams. Um, you know, yeah. he comes in and instantly makes an impact. He, we, we see it all the time. Whenever he's on the pitch, he gives, you know, 100%. It's exactly what you want in a Cobbers player. You know, like I said, you know, mm-hmm. local lad, he does play for the shirt. It's very obvious, you know. Every time yeah. he's on the pitch, he wants he wants the ball, he, you know, the Constant tackles going in, uh, great vision on his passing. Of course, you know, we've said before, you know, he needs to work a little bit on his final third game, maybe on his finishing. Of course, only one competitive goal for the club. But at the end of the day, you know, he still does the job he's asked of him. Um, I would like to give a very quick mention as well to uh, Jonathan Mitchell, just because, you know, he has to work with that defence on a weekly basis. And we all know what, what they're like. And, 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 he does, and, he does, and he does a good job. And he's, you know, he, every yeah. now and then he brings out a great save. And it's, it's clear yeah. that. You know, for a player who's here on loan, he's, he's definitely, his head's in the game. He's, he definitely uh, goes for his saves. You know, he's not uh, sort of laid back on, on anything like we may have seen with goalkeepers in the past with us, you know. And, you know, I think if we had a, a solid sort of back four and, and with him there, he'd probably get a few more people talking about him. But, yeah, he, he, I think he does a good job. But definitely McWilliams would be my uh, man of the match, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone's got a bad word to say about McWilliams. If you're his agent, you'll be saying to McWilliams, just get, get your head down. You will be, you'll get a transfer to a, you know, a higher league. And he just seems to just really, really want it. I don't know, you know, he seems to enjoy, enjoy playing the game. He loves the, the strong tackles. And if he does eventually go to a higher league because he's done really well for Cobblers, fair play to him. We'll, we'll all wish him well. Uh, Mitchell came through. He plays, plays for Derby, doesn't he? So they haven't got bad players. He's got a good little pedigree on him. So, yeah, he's, he's a good player. Um, let's go to... Martin, who impressed for you yesterday? I think it, it, it's hard to, hard to do. I guess we, you know, we talked we've talked about a couple of them already. I mean, there's not much I can add on. Kind of McWilliams and and, and Chuck Wamika. Um, we talked about about Marshall was outstanding. I thought Hoskins um, going back to wing back, you know, was it was excellent. Um, but in you know he. In a sense, he has been probably our, our most consistent player this year, and it's maybe a case of the rest of the team sort of caught up, caught up with him. But I, I thought uh, I thought Smith would have been my man of the match, purely work rate and the goals, and those goals are so needed by him. Although, although Ricky Holmes as well, I think he was he really made a difference. Just his move, I think he he was almost the catalyst that brought the best out of Chuck Mika and Smith. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think it, it's it's hard to give a man. Of, I mean, it's hard to give a man of the match some weeks for other reasons, but um, <laughs> but I think you know there were there were there were so many, and I think you know there's probably five of them that you could 
you know, no one could argue if if they were the one taking taking that accolade home. But yeah, yeah, what a, what a, what a lovely discussion to be able to have. How good was Sheehan? Yeah. Not even mentioned Sheehan. Oh, yes, fantastic. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention him. He's just class, isn't he? I think. And that left foot. I mean, you, every free kick now, you've got a good right footer and a good left footer stood over stood over them. Um, and I think you know, when teams don't know what's coming because there are two reasonable options to take a free kick that's got to put you off defensively and as a goalkeeper mm. I think Sheehan um, is sort of I don't want to be too harsh on the other two defenders Bolger and uh, Horsfall but I think Sheehan's sort of he's showing quite, he's, quite good. he's quite good isn't he yeah. he's quite a good player he's one of my uh, that's not going to Martin's <laughs> not very good players for a couple of those years he's got thousands but also Sheehan is Irish as well so Martin will automatically like it uh, but he's, he, he's he's a very useful player um, Let's go to you, Brendan. Who was your man of the match? Uh, my man of the match was was probably McWilliams. For a point in the first half, I was probably saying Chuck Mamika because I just I haven't seen a player, a striker of ours, drift wide, either be able to drop a shoulder and take a man on, or just recycle possession and get in the middle for a while. Um, but to Martin's point, there, I think the player, even though McWilliams is my man of the match, I think the player that probably made the most difference, if that makes sense, would, would be Ricky Holmes. Um, because we, you know, Hoskins, the top goal scorer in all competitions, and I think he's got three assists now as well. Um, I don't, I still don't really like him in that kind of cam, that 10 role. I don't, you know, he, he has pace, but he doesn't, I don't know if his intelligence and movement either, he either needs to be on the last man or he needs to be wide. He kind of needs to be at the edge of, of the play. I don't like him in the middle where he doesn't have the intelligence to pick up the right positions for me. And Holmes yesterday, if you back off Holmes and don't mark him and don't run with him or, or stay tight to him and you're the defence or a midfielder, then he'll punish you because he's got quality. But he's also got the nous now um, and he's lacking a bit of pace. So he had absolutely no problem and he did it a couple of times, dropping deep, coming even deeper than the midfield and then turning and running with the ball or doing whatever. So he's dragging players in and out of position. He's making you think about it. He's opening up space for Chuck Wimika and Smith. He's asking questions where I think Hoskins is a little bit too easy to mark or or pick up sometimes. Or even if you, you're going, OK, I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to let him sit in that pocket. Does he? We all know our biggest criticism of him is his, is his final ball, is his actual, you know, being clinical. So... You know, is he going to really punish people when he does take up that position? So even just even though Holmes, I don't think he got an assist and he didn't score yesterday. So, but even just him being there and his movement, his presence, completely changed that whole front three for me. Um, and and the two things that you that you miss the most underneath the Premier League are that kind of uh, positional awareness of a cam and and direct pace that can beat a player. And and we had that yesterday in Ricky Holmes. And then. When, you know, doing that meant that Hoskins had to move out wide to wing back and we had Marshall on the other side and Chuck Wilmika can do it as well up top. You know, complete contrast to Accrington where, you know, yeah. it was so easy and slow and predictable. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, a non-league player playing against a Premier League player. If you're faster than them and you knock it past them and get on the other end of it, you're going to make things happen. And it and it changes how teams have to defend you and it makes them think about things. And and, you know, that's what happened for Marshall's third goal. It wasn't uh, for, for the third goal, but Marshall's assist. It wasn't really any like, tactical, you know, um, masterclass. It was Lyons making a late run and Marshall held the ball up, turned his man yeah. and, and fashioned the yard because he's purely quicker than him. And, you know, Hoskins um, drew two men out and won the foul for the for the free kick on the first goal. You know, so 
the the pace and the movement which are the things that we lack the most I think were on show yesterday and and that in turn allowed other things to happen even though I don't think we scored any goal you know necessarily directly from them but even it just being on the pitch completely changed how Burton could defend it and, and what they had to think about and um, we know Curl tinkers and, and he loves to experiment but I really really hope he keeps that pace and that that movement in the team for Tuesday because another tough game away when when I think it will be a similar setup we'll really need it that, that's true. I, I think some, with Hoskins, you almost want, him, want him, Hoskins to be on a 7, 7 out of 10. Because when mm. Hoskins is on an 8 out of 10, usually the rest of the team are on a 6. Like If, if yeah. Hoskins stands out, I don't think it's ever normally the best ever Cobbler's performance. He, you, he's really more of a steady sort of team player, sometimes sort of um, nods a goal in or, you know, sort of pops up here and there. But, you know, rest, we had quite a few on an 8. I would probably have um, Hoskins on a 7 and that, you know, suggests a, a team performance where the um the people like Holmes and stuff are standing out and that standards in good stead. Um Will who was your best cobblers player yesterday? Was it like an obvious one like maybe like a, a McWilliams or a Holmes or is it more you know, someone else? Um I'm going Harry Smith. I think it's just I uh, just solely yeah. because um you know he hasn't really hit the ground running really has he in cobblers colours and, and when he does he, he probably just deserved the man of the match and the recognition because we had our you know we had our number nine working. Um, to you know, on the Burton game, didn't we? And he really did play well, and and I really hope this is the start of many for him and him to play week in week out like that. Because if we get him playing like that, you know, we'll be doing a lot better than we are now. Um, but again, yeah. you know, I think he's done really well uh, on Saturday, and and I really hope he can replicate that um, on Tuesday night. That's cool. That's a that's a good summary of Smith's performance, and everyone's back in Smith. He's he's clearly a confidence player, despite being a big old unit he seems fairly, fairly sensitive you know off the pitch and needs needs an arm around him and needs fans on his side so hopefully he can kick on from there um before we sign off will can you just tell us a little bit about your radio show and where people can listen to it yeah so i do a sports show on nlive radio it's you can go on nliveradio.com or 106.9 fm uh, every monday morning um we do cobblers we do the same so we usually do cover community sports but of course, with lockdown, everything's had to stop apart from elite sports. So it's kind of put the nail on the head. Um, so really, like I said, just the Cobblers and the Saints for this for this last month, really. Um, so like I said, Monday morning, uh, 10 till 1. Um, but like I said, we usually just do from 10 till 11 at the moment because we only talk about Cobblers and Saints. Um, so yeah, like I said, nloveradio.com or 106.9 FM on your radios. Oh, that's cool. I'm not sure cobblers actually count as elite football yet, but we try it. <laughs> <laughs> After yesterday, mate, that is elite of elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brenton was on the group chat, chat saying we're going to win the league and stuff. I, <laughs> I, I tweeted Skybet and asked for odds on the playoffs. <laughs> what did they give you? Uh, they didn't respond. Uh, that's not very nice of him. It was something we do all the time, to be honest. Like even even the the year we went down, like the the two that you might have seen him on Twitter, Lewis Kingston and Sean, and we could have lost like twelve games in a row, and then we'll scrap a one 0 and it's straight away like the promotion train's running, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had a poor start last year, didn't we? And, and a lot of those, play- you know, Callum Morton when- wasn't even at the club till January, so you know, a few signings in January, seventh place is ours. Peter Real coming for you. <laughs> Seriously, though, that's a good point. When did we actually last start a season well? Because even 2015-16, do you remember there was that um, it was a home game against Dagenham, wasn't there, where Rod yeah. McDonald looked like, played like an absolute clown at the back? 
And he's just like, oh, Christ, here we go. Who'd have thought we'd have got like 99 points that season? We never start well, even when we absolutely uh, run yeah. away with the league, do we? It's, it's just clearly an ingrained play, uh, thing in our culture. We used to play, didn't we? We used to kick off, Martin will tell you, back at the county ground, we used to kick off late because the cricket was still playing. So we didn't really get that run of home games until later on, did we, Martin? No, no, and I think I'm just thinking back to kind of other really good seasons. 86, 87 under Carr, we started off with a throwing away a two goal lead at Scunthorpe and drawing two all. So there definitely seems to be something in it um, for our good seasons have tended to be a slow start. But I doubt that the opposite is true and every slow start has led to a good season either. <laughs> if you think, think back to the year that we stayed up in League One, that that's probably the best start I can remember But when, when Rob Page came in. But we, we won against MK on Sky Sports, which I'll never forget. And then there was like four or five games in a row that we drew. But we were undefeated and it kind of tacked on to Chris Wilder's um, uh, unbeaten record. And then, and then we lost at home to Bristol Rovers and uh, th- then it all came crumbling down. So, you know, but good starts don't always mean anything. Um, I would have preferred one to how we have started. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't. We're sixteenth at the moment, and and like I said before, I would I would bite someone's hand off to take to finish sixteenth now. It'd be our highest league finish for for donkeys years. So, um, yeah. yeah, three more points let's Tuesday, and we're a little bit closer. Let's let's see, let's see how it goes. This this has been all far too positive. We're usually a lot more miserable. I'm going to get Jima on next week. Bring the toe down. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> is is your bleep working? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need, we need a realist like on. <laughs> Like, thanks for talking, guys. It's been really interesting as always. And we'll be back after the Rochdale game, hopefully. Is it, when's the Rochdale game? Is it on Tuesday? Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Yeah, we'll probably be back uh, actually at the weekend after. We'll give Tuesday a miss. But hopefully we can sort of come back and... Um, Do both. We can continue to be positive. You know, It's difficult for Cobblers fans, but we'll try. But thanks for talking to us, guys. And we'll speak again soon. No worries. Cheers, man. Cheers, guys. Enjoy your Sunday. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later, lads. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.